0: Happy Monday, everyone. We are back with the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Kevin Sully. He is Gordon Mack. And if you're watching live on YouTube, that is not a video trick. Gordon and I are in adjacent hotel rooms with apparently the exact same layout. I have not been in Gordon's hotel room yet. So this is the first time seeing it. You logged on, I think, down to the artwork, down to the lamp placement, Gordon. They got us in exact rooms here. I love it.
1: Yeah. I can hit the wall and I'm gonna bang the wall. You can hear that, right? Can you hear me yeah, on the other yeah, side of the yeah. wall? There we go. <laughs> yeah, we're in uh we're in North Carolina for the week. Gonna mm-hmm. gather some content with some notable North Carolina based teams. So there should be some fun uh workout Wednesday trips we're going on. From we'll be here basically all week and it's exciting. We watched Super Bowl last night in a mm-hmm. NC State bar. Great. Mm-hmm. They saw a, a Russell Wilson jersey. On the wall, uh, and, Mike Lennon jersey on the wall. Yep, that was good. Uh, and I've never been to rally so it's exciting. It's, it's cool.
0: Yeah, it's cool. It's great. I went out for a run this morning. It was pretty cold. You wore shorts on the plane, and then when you got off the plane and we were walking to the rental car, you said, "I didn't know North Carolina was this cold," so it was a pretty rude awakening. For for you, so we'll be doing the pod here uh, today and Wednesday, Friday we'll be back in Austin if all goes well. So we'll have this same setup for one more day. But I kind of like it. I gotta be honest, uh, change is good. We should mention, even though our location has changed, the sponsor has not. This Flow Track podcast is brought to you by Hoka. Hoka has just introduced the most advanced spikes shoe yet, the Cielo X. They're powered by the propulsion of carbon. There are two varieties, the CLO MD for mid distance, CLO LD for long distance. Go to hoka, excuse me, hoka.com today hoka faster forward. We brought the shoes with us, Gordon. We packed the shoes in our carry-ons. I am holding up the LDs right here just so I could do this. Give you that that 360 view here.
1: And I brought my shoe too. I think it's kind of funny. I mean, it's we have a confession. I only brought one of them. I'd left the other mm-hmm. shoe at home. I, I'm not planning on doing any track workouts while here, but I got the right you shoe did. to show you. Well, I have the left.
0: I have the left. You have the right. Oh, perfect. Yeah, make it work. Here we go. If we have some downtime, what time, shoe size are you? What shoe size? We are can you? combine. We can combine. This is a nine and a half. We can combine the MD for the LD. What distance do you think that would work best at? Fifteen hundred. Well, actually. An MD LD
1: might work if, if you're turning right, mm-hmm. because maybe you need to be faster on one leg than the other because you're trying to do a sharp turn. So maybe that'll be a good uh, <laughs> experiment to see like does it help with your turns if you put an LD and MD on different feet? It probably yeah, doesn't, but don't don't take a don't, don't try that at home. Me.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one's on your inside leg, your left leg, and then the other one's on your outside leg. It's a yeah. thought. It's a thought. Maybe maybe that's what's in the works for 2023. And beyond. All right. Today's show, we are going to talk about the best races of the weekend. We narrowed it down to seven. You and I were having a little meeting last night while we were watching the game because there were so many fast times, so many records. But how are we going to sort this out on one pod? And I was just naming stuff, and you were basically saying in or out. So there's a lot of good stuff that we're not going to get to just because of the nature of the show, only being an hour. And we want to give a full amount of time to some of these spectacular performances. And some of them we'll get to on Wednesday. As well too, so we got seven here, Gordon. Uh, we'll start first with Grant Fisher in that BU five thousand, an epic five thousand. Another race at Boston University where the record book was completely torn up. Fisher goes twelve fifty three to break Galen Rupp's indoor American record. Got very close to the overall men's five thousand meter record set by Bernard Lagat. And behind Fisher, you had Mohamed with a Canadian record. You had Mark Scott with the UK and European record. This was a sensational last two kilometers for Fisher. You were thinking, hey, once you saw that second heat and how fast it went, you said, these guys are running fast, you should turn this on. It's probably gonna be American record pace. And you were right, Gordon. I mean, we did not see this coming in the preview. Uh, week that we or the lead up that we did uh, last week but once you saw that 1305 from Woody Kincaid I think we knew something fast was was afoot. and now Grant Fisher is the American record holder and just completely obliterates 13 minutes
1: and with the caption my whole heart was in this one a dream come true look at that from the first time he's running Now running at the BU Valentine Invitational, dreaming coming true. It's a it's a fast track for a reason. This is where uh, these elite athletes have gone to get their PR in multiple distances. And you know, I was thinking, I didn't know what type of shape they were in. Right? We talked about this. We had no idea, like they were even eyeing this fast of a pace. I thought they were eyeing like a. a, I thought it was going to be similar to the the race before it, with like Woody Kincaid winning in thirteen oh five. Like I thought, yeah, that was what they were eyeing, but when I saw Woody run thirteen oh five in what was deemed the slow heat, I was like, wait a minute, that must mean Fisher <laughs> is not trying to run like thirteen oh. He's trying to run right at least sub thirteen, and they were in, basically. Kincaid ran thirteen oh five going out in seven fifty six through three k, and then mm-hmm. Fisher, I believe, they went out in like seven fifty three. So they were three seconds faster through 3K. And I was like, okay, three seconds faster, that means we're going to be near the sub-13 range. And he just demolished it. And it is incredible. I remember watching that 1301 live of Galen Rupp. It was when I first Mm -hmm. joined FlowTrack. I was like, Mm -hmm. in awe, I was like, wow, he's so close to breaking what I thought was like an unbreakable mark in 13 minutes for an indoor American. But now Fisher is just like resetting the the whole thing. I mean, Emmanuel Bohr got was yeah, is now a thirteen flat guy in America. Yeah. Like it is insane. Emmanuel Bohr was trying to break thirteen a year ago and ran like thirteen oh five or seven or something like that. And now Fisher just pulled along Mohamed, Mark Scott, and Emmanuel Bohr for incredible PRs. And literally four I mean forty percent of the top ten happened in that race all time in the world history that's just incredible.
0: yeah yeah you can see it there Bohr, scott Ahmed, and fisher and then if you want to go even deeper i saw this on the ward athletics write-up of the race it says that in both of the two fastest heats 11 men finished inside 1325 a level of depth that has never been achieved before in a single race but this was the fisher show because even though everybody was running fast, Fisher had daylight over those last couple laps. And yeah. you're watching the the feed, and they're given the projected times. And in the middle, when they're doing 31 highs, almost sneaking into 32s, you look like, okay, this, this pace is slowing a bit. And if you compare it to Rupp, a little quicker, but not much from the 13.01. But then in the last 10 laps, Grant Fisher was just on a complete mission. And then the projection kept dropping, right? It's like 1308, then it's 1304, then it's 1301, and then it's sub-13. And then you're just like, wait a minute, how quick can this guy go? He was under five minutes for the final two kilometers. His final mile, right, was he was 856 and then he was 1253. So whatever, around 357 there for the final mile. And his last Three laps. I mean, he goes thirty point one, twenty-nine seventy-eight, and then twenty-eight ninety-six. He just looked like he was floating out there, uh, in his traditional Fisher style, where everything is in order, right? Perfect 90 degree angles with his arms just pumping and going, but he was just moving so quickly that he was making guys who were running sub thirteen pace just fall backwards and not be able to, to keep pace. I think for me, this is the culmination of the whole Grant Fisher story that we've been following forever, you know, since before he broke four in high school, but it also might be a jumping off point too, because he hasn't had this level of performance at a major championship because he's just, you know, he's so young. He's only been to that one global championship. You know, when Rupp did it in 2014, he had already gone to the Olympics. He had already had that moment in the 10,000 where he gets his medal. For Fisher, the time is coming before the major championship glory. But I think for him to break the American record, to go under 13 minutes by that much is just, just, yeah, it's just a culmination of what we've thought Grant Fisher, what the most optimistic people probably thought Grant Fisher was capable of for. Many years now.
1: Yeah, and I mean I remember when Fisher won the NCAA five K when as a sophomore. And you're like, all right, yeah. he is now like gonna be the superstar phenom. And mm-hmm. then he didn't go on to run USAs after sophomore year. Coach was yeah. ver Coach Miltenberg at Stanford was very conservative with his build up. You know, he came in and wanted to be a fifteen hundred meter runner. I remember freshman year after an interview. He was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I wanna, I'm i a 1,500-meter guy, right? And then clearly he's not a 1,500-meter guy. He's breaking <laughs> the American record in the 5K uh, six or seven years later. Yeah. Um, I guess that's what most 5K record holders are. They start out as milers. Um, but after a sophomore year, he kind of just – it felt like kind of a flatten out, right? Because you had the emergence of Justin Knight, Morgan McDonald, yeah, people who, you know, at the time you're thinking, how isn't Fisher beating these guys if he wants to be one of the – best he needs to be able to like dominate the ncaa looking back on it mcdonald and and justin knight you know aren't too shabby of people to there's no shame in losing to those guys in college sure looking how their their careers are projected out um but then through college and even like the first year or two out of college he kind of was like he was good but he wasn't Mm -hmm. like jaw-dropping good and i Mm -hmm. feel like After making his first Olympic team now, and now running this, like, literally a season debut, 1253, he's gone from just, like, elite to, like, all-time elite. And I think it's kind of wild, because I remember there was a moment when he was, like, I mean, yeah, there was an interview, yeah, 2018, I remember this interview, he was Mm -hmm. asking himself why he's still running after indoor season, because... Again, he had an incredible sophomore year. And then junior year, he kind of just had a a few letdown races. And I think he probably was thinking, why am I doing this? Am I just doing it because I really love it? I'm sure he had to like really come to like kind of really figure out why he Mm -hmm. is running, why he is choosing to put in the work. I mean, he was a soccer player in high school. Mm -hmm. And I think those two years, that junior and senior year of dealing with kind of Not being the best among everyone and and taking a bunch of losses kind of set him up to kind of really have a level head going as a Bowman track athlete. And now he's running 1253. And is he, how old is he? What is he? Uh, what he's not even 25. Is he
0: 25? He's 24. He turns 25.
1: 24. Yeah, he just turned 24. He's 24. He turns 25 in April. Like, yeah, he's he's basically entering his prime. He's not. leaving his prime he's entering it so like yeah we're gonna have like a good probably four years between now and his age 28 29 seasons of like every time he steps on the track we might see something spectacular
0: yeah and he may never get another opportunity to run this fast again because everything had to align perfectly with the training with the pacing the teammates being there but there's more to accomplish outside of just the time perspective, right? He has more space to grow just in terms of how he performs at major championships because he's only been to one. And in 2021 was ninth in the 5,000 and fifth in the 10,000. So in the 10,000, at least he was he was there. He was there. I mean, getting top five at the Olympics is no joke. But still, 1253, I think, like I said, I use the word optimistic because to say, hey, you're going to shatter the American record by eight seconds. I don't think anybody, even the biggest Grant Fisher fans, would have said, yeah, he's going to do that this indoor season. In his first race, 100%. Like, I know know he's going to be able to do that. It is also interesting to track the trajectory of these standout high schoolers because some of them, the high school ends up being their peak. Some of them, they just take off from high school. And some of them, like Fisher, they go in fits and starts. As you mentioned, wins the NCAA title – but then is overshadowed by Knight, is overshadowed by even McGordy, his teammate, and then Morgan McDonald. I mean, remember that last, those last string of championships with Morgan McDonald, just basically outkicking Fisher all constantly all the time. And the talent was always there, but it was just a a matter of him getting in the right group, getting in the right situation, and then going up to this next, next level. But I think if anybody said, that In 2019 or 2018, they were sure that this is where it was going to go. Is, that, that would have been a very bold statement. Now, maybe last year you said that because you saw him get fifth in the Olympics. And you're like, all right, clearly whatever he's doing as a pro is, complete, is working. He, it, it took him a little bit to adjust to the pro training style. But now he's, now he's cooking. Uh, but a couple of years ago, no, this wasn't, this wasn't guaranteed. I mean, just this close, Gordon. This close was ridiculous. Over those last five, six laps in the last 10 laps, it really? Was. I mean to I mean Mohamed sub 1250 outdoors. <laughs> yeah:
1: He made Mohamed look like old man running, like he just like he made them look like they were running like in slow motion, the way he was pulling away from them in that final two or three laps. All right, yeah. wrap it up with this question. Mm-hmm. Were you taken in the U.S. 5K in June?
2: Graham Fisher or Paul Chalimo? Oh, man. You know, can
0: I go Emmanuel Bohr? No. Um, actually, I don't know. I think he's going to be in the mix. He's going to be in the mix. I'll still stick with Chalimo. I'll still stick with Chalimo because I, uh, be tw- I don't think it's going to be.
1: Guy runs 12.53 and you're like, yeah, I'm still going to pick Chalimo.
0: I, you know, it's t- t- different types of racing, different types of racing. Yeah. But I don't know. Who do you think?
2: Uh, Yeah, that's why I asked the question
1: because I don't know. I mean – How big is the track? It's one of those those things where like – Can Shalima run him
0: out to 10? Lane 10? Lane 11?
1: How big is the track? It's like the NBA. Like, oh, yeah. Like the Phoenix Suns are, you know, 40 and 8. But I'm still going to pick LeBron type thing. Or I'm still going to pick the guy who's done uh, it, you know? No matter how good your regular season is, you gotta always
0: go with the guy who's won at the championship level. Listen, he's gonna make the team, and that's the important important (laughs) part of it. I don't I don't see any scenario where he's not making the team this year. I know it's a long way to go, but as you mentioned, the next four or five years, he's in his prime. He he's gonna be making teams. I think the 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 neck that final step, as we always talk about, is just the closing speed, right? Like how hard can he kick off of a thirteen thirty pace. If it's thirteen thirty through halfway, can he close? And he closed pretty well in Tokyo in that ten thousand, and this bodes well. Because if you're twelve fifty three, your floor, even if you're not a big kicker, relatively speaking, your floor is really high if you run twelve fifty three. But if I had to rank them right now, in the in the, or if I just make a pick right now, yeah, I, I'd go the guy who's been uh, more seasoned, more experienced at the at the championship level. But you know, Ahmed. You know, Ahmed's a medalist, right? And he he had a fast time trial. He's able to do to do both. But yeah, let's just scroll through these times just one more time before we go through it. So, Ahmed twelve fifty six is Canadian record. Scott twelve fifty seven. Then we had Boar thirteen flat. And that was a we mentioned. Him. You picked uh, Kip cheer cheer. He fell back a little bit, but looked like he was in a mid. Sam Atkin, who did a ton of pacing leading basically i thought oh, it was this guy is this guy pacing <laughs> runs 1303 uh kincaid that's from the first heat 1305 lemong that was or the previous heat Lamong 1307 jonas race 1307 Kieran karen Tavate, 1308 i mean any other year if uh, some karen Tavate ran 1308 we'd be like all right hold on we're opening the pod with that mcgordy 1309 is that nine i can't even see nine um, yeah wild wild shut 1309 um my which pick is, of the week, Con- Connor. Well, Mance Hold on, hold
1: on, hold on. Wild Chut, 1309, second fastest college kid ever.
0: Yeah. He, he was yeah, second in all
1: time. He was less than a second away from breaking the collegiate record. And he's 11th fastest at this meet.
0: But don't Instead. let it overshadow my lock of the weekend, which is a Connor Mance PB, which is what everybody's talking about right now, 1310. <laughs> I mean, Kip, cheer, cheer, 1310. Like these guys ran really well. Right, Jager 1313. Any other year, that's getting you the headline. But this Joe year, Jacobs. It's not. I mean,
1: another college kid, thirteen, yeah. fourteen. That's like top ten all the time. Yeah, fourteen. It's crazy. Yeah, it's...
2: All right. I was making a Let's joke. Someone,
1: someone ran won a race in thirteen twenty two. I was like, when you win a race in thirteen twenty two, but you're like only like the fifteenth fastest person that day at that meet. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They are just resetting the expectations of what a, an elite. 5K mark is just before our eyes. Now, obviously, so, shoes are a reason, but yeah, it's still kind of crazy. We're just like everyone is now ten seconds faster. Let's go.
0: All right. So this is my last thing on on this portion, then we'll move to the, to the next race. But trying to figure out why it's as fast. Yeah, the track's fast. Yeah, the shoes are fast. But remember, we talked when when Mohamed ran that sub 1250, and when Bowerman was doing all those time trials, we talked about how jerry was able to set up the perfect scenario for optimal running and racing isn't this the result of that plus adding in competition that's non-bowerman he created this little party and then now he's sending out his evites and then when you get faster and faster people in the mix i think it probably bumps bowerman up a little bit because it's not just a time trial with the team and then you have the depth that you're seeing with People like Hillary Bohr running thirteen flat. I think that's that's what this is. This is an extension of something we've already seen, in addition to all the other factors that we've talked about with with the track, with the shoes.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm just the the weekend as, as a whole, which we'll get into, has just been incredible the amount of elite times that two or three years ago the yeah. Twentieth most impressive mark that happened this weekend mm-hmm. would have been the most impressive mark every year prior. Yeah, like the the depth of impressiveness was just. I mean, we'll get into it next with the the mile. I mean, we talk
2: about is that we're talking about next? This, this mile.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's do the mile. Um, the one in Chicago, Tier and Hawker. You, you went back and forth on your pick. I had to rewind the tape because you said no because they're going to get it later. And then you figured out that they probably weren't going to run later in the year. So then you said yes. I thought they'd just miss it. They just did miss it. Tier gets the win, though, again. Um, so first of all, I mean, how consequential, how important is it that Tier is able to beat Hawker a couple times now, especially over this distance?
1: I mean, I think it, it means something. I think it means that Cooper Tier um, isn't going anywhere. And I don't yeah. think it means that Cooper Tier would win the 1500 in a championship-style mm-hmm. race. I still would take Hawker in that situation yeah. because these races are very different from you know, the 1500-meter final. I would take Hawker. Right. I'll take a bunch of people over Tier in a 1500-meter mm-hmm. final. But... Yeah what tier is showing is that he has the wheels and he has mm-hmm. the speed and like as impressive of what Grant Fisher did. And as impressive of what Paul Chalimo's career has been and his championship mm-hmm. mentality tier is going to be legitimately in the mix in a 5k. Like yeah. you don't grow three, three fifties on trees. You don't beat the sixth best 1500 meter runner in the world. Like mm-hmm. consistently, and not be able to handle it, handle a 5k against the Bowerman guys and the ADP guys in Chile. Yeah. So, the the thing I got away from this, I mean, Cole Hawkers, Cole Hawkers, like 350 with whatever. But what do you, I'm, the biggest thing I took away from that 350 mile is that mm-hmm. we may be sleeping on Cooper Tier as he is just running in front of our eyes. Like, Cooper Tier was in that 3k with. You know, Millrose, yeah. he was in that mix. Like, it's going to be interesting. And, and I think the fact that we might not see Cooper race against the Bowerman guys until USA's is going to be the big, like, what if? Like, what are we? It's going to be the unknown. Like, we're waiting for that matchup. Because yeah. we really don't know if Tier is actually maybe even better. We don't know because Mm-mm. we're not seeing. I mean, Tier comes back and, clo- and runs a 147-800. A like, tier mm-hmm. is, like, speed, man. Like, he runs yeah. to 350 and then runs to 147. Like, that is yeah. – that's legit. And I'm not, I'm sure Bowerman is going to have their own game plan and Chalimo is going to have his own game plan. And it's going to be hard to, like, think – you know, because right now you don't really see a reason to, to take off Chalimo, Fisher, or Woody or whoever, or insert yeah whoever. But – I think we're going to have to – I think I'm going to say now. I think Tier is making the team. In the
2: the five. He has to. Do you think he should – In the
0: five. But hold on. Do you think he should pursue the 15 though too? No. Interesting. I don't. Because when I look at this, I mean he was leading from a little ways out too. Um, So it was a a show of strength there. But the last 50 from Hawker – like Hawker came unglued on that last 50. If you look at that, I haven't seen Hawker look that distressed. You know, he he obviously, you know, wears the effort on his face as most runners do. But this last 50, like his arms start flailing. And I think that's just a result of Tier just completely tightening the screws over the last couple laps. Because, yeah, Hawker, you just see like he really tightens up bad and falls forward and just um, barely crosses that finish line on his feet. I just – I yeah, I thought it was an impressive showing. I mean, obviously, 350, 350 from last year, right? You could just look, hey, they're the same spot they were last year. But all of the – oh, there's a great shot there. Um, Hawker had all the attention last year. At, well, not all the attention, but he had more of the attention. Why? He did the crazy double at indoors that we didn't think was possible. And then 1500 had obviously more attention on it than the 5K Central. for NCAAs. Well, yeah. No, I'm not even talking about – trials. I'm talking about NCAAs, you know, the showdown yeah. with Nagoose. We, we all wanted to see it. Is it. Could the collegiate record get broken in the NCAA final? How deep that event was. Yeah. And then you go and you beat Centro and all the backstory that was involved in that. And then you go on the Olympics and get sick. So he had a better season than Tier last year, but that doesn't mean that that needs to be the case this year. And Tier just looked really poised. Like he he looked confident over these final laps. So it was crazy. Also, Morgan Betlescum, your guy, my guy, the Big Ten's own, man. They invited him to the party and he <laughs> showed up and he wasn't just satisfied to be there. There was a moment, I think, with three laps to go. He made a move. He, like, yeah, he makes a movie like cuts in and he's basically saying, Hey, you guys thought this was all about Hawker and tear? No, that's not not the case. And he didn't, you know, went at, at that point, fell back and, and ran 352. But 352 for a collegiate runner is is insane. Yeah, here's the move right here. We're showing it. Uh, passes. This was not in the script ahead of time. Literally nobody had Morgan Beatles come moving up on Cole Hawkers outside uh, in the final stages of this race. And again, he fell back ultimately. But what is that? Like two laps to go there? Lap yeah. Lap to go?
1: four meters to go. Yeah. No, I think that's a lap yeah. to go, maybe. There's a lap to go. Yeah,
0: I think yeah, a lap to go. No one had that. Nobody had that uh, coming into this race. So, credit to, to him. What I want to know when you take his, his 352, which is number four collegiate mark all time behind the Oregon Triumvirate of Tierhawker and Chesarek, when you take that and you combine it with his 3K, I know there's been a lot of impressive men's distance performances on the collegiate side of things. Nagoose we'll talk about in a little bit. But is Beatlescom having the best distance season right now, Gordon?
1: Well, I mean, the person that would challenge him would be Yard Nagoose, right? Because mm-hmm. he would be the person to... Well, before we talk about
2: that, let's show this right now. Morgan Beatlescom never broke four in a
0: mile. And then he runs 352. Yeah, it wasn't a miler though. I think he could have broken
1: four. I know, but he ran the mile like this year in January. Ran four oh one in a Michigan meet. But like this has got to be one of the fastest ever sub four debuts ever, right? Because mm-hmm. normally you run three fifty nine and then you run three fifty six and then you're running your three fifties. This guy, hey, I've never broken four. Goes from four oh one to three fifty two. Anyway, I think that's incredible. Yeah, but yeah, back to the question of Beetle scum. There's 100% an argument for it. There is an argument that Beetlescum is the best distance athlete right now. Obviously, mm-hmm. Yara Nagus will have something to say about that. I think Abdi Nur is low-key having mm-hmm. a really good season because he just ran a 743k this year. Uh, he ran a 743k at UW. He's run a 350 yeah. something mile. So I would put Nur and Nagus as kind of the challengers, but Beetlescum. I mean, 352 is no joke. And he's put together a good 3K. I, I mean, obviously, again, this is going to be one of those things, similar to the whole Paul Chalimo thing, is you're going to give a bias to the person who's done it at the championship level, like a yard and a goose, who yeah. we know has done it multiple times. Beatles doesn't have that NCA victory he can point to. But he does have these two races, the Milrose race and this 352 against you know, what was an American record mile attempt. And he yeah. didn't look, he looked like he belonged, right? Uh, like yeah. he looked, he was in it for up until the final, like 100 meters. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's an argument for it, but that's all it is right now. It's just an argument, but Hey, it's hard to be in the argument when you're going up against someone like yard and a goose. So it's very impressive. Yeah. He's a six year senior or something like that. And mm-hmm. um, he's gonna, I'm excited. I wonder what he's going to do. I'm guessing he's going to do the mile 3K. But that means Mm -hmm. if he does the mile 3K, he's not going to be as fresh for the 3K. Part of me feels Mm -hmm. like he may want to do like, I'm going all in on the 3K. Let, you know, just be the freshest of fresh and try to just really focus on that. But I don't know, because he doesn't have a 5K qualifier right now. I mean, if you're his coach, what are you telling him to do? Uh, Obviously, he has the options of mile, 3K, and 5K. Well,
0: I predicted him to win the 5K, but that did not look like it's going to happen. So my first inclination would be have him run the 5K so that way I can be right. Uh, <laughs> but since that's not his priority, nor should it be, yeah, I double up. I do my 3K. Why can't he win the mile?
1: Uh, Ilya Kipsev is pretty good.
0: Morgan Beatles pretty good too. I mean, I think he can win I the know. mile. I think he get. I think he can. I think that might actually end up being more navigable than the three
1: than winning a three. If cat, Jared
0: yeah. if Yared is who we think Yared's going to be, and Yared looked very Yared over the weekend, Gordon
1: broke the collegiate record. That's true. Yes, I mean, it's probably easier to win a race that doesn't have the collegiate record runner holder in it than
0: one that does. So. But I would give myself two chances. I would give myself yeah. two chances, and I and I think mile he'll be cat. able to recover. In time. Uh, he's a veteran, logged a lot of miles. Um, all right, we're going to go back to Yard in a second, but first let's go back to Boston. So we made a little trip to Chicago, U turn, back to Boston. Another Bowerman uh, led super fast race here. Uh, Gabrielle Debuss Stafford broke her Canadian 5K record, 1431. And then Elise Cranny, she goes 1433 to beat um, the mark set by one of her coaches. Shalane Flanagan indoors. This was an interesting race to watch because over the final stages of the race, Cranny actually had a gap on debut Stafford, and it wasn't just a small gap, and Stafford really had to rally over the last couple laps, and we saw that closing speed at the New Balance indoor Grand Prix. But this was pretty a pretty interesting. Way to run. Because when you see the times and you see how fast it is, it's like, okay, they're on the same team. They, like, work together all the way. And then with two laps to go, one person sprinted away. But that's not how this race went at all. Cranny went much earlier, and, and there was separation between her and Debut Stafford. But right now, um, I mean, obviously both of them are running at a high level, but Debut Stafford's close is crazy. I think she is a legit, legit gold medal contender at World Indoors.
2: I was like, at World Indoors. World Indoors.
0: Now, yeah. with the caveat, we don't know who's running at World Indoors. But even if someone, even if you have a, a sighting from one of these, these top women, you know, World Indoors is coming up pretty soon. So you got to get it in good shape pretty quickly. So I think to be Stafford, like I said, I think if I had to just do the people who have been running this year, she'd be on top of that list. I think she's got the championship experience and she's got the championship type clothes that you need.
2: Yeah, no, you're, there's I don't I don't see any holes in that that statement. Um, I do.
1: Again, similar to the the men's race, how we saw like a shattering of norms, right? For people who are now in the top ten in one race. Yeah, I think that's obviously similar on this women's side, right? Where these two women running four thirty fourteen thirties, and yeah. like previous records are in the fourteen fifties, and it's like. Where do these 20 seconds come from? You know, some people are going to say a certain thing like we have in our picture, shoes. Uh, But um, I also think it's just evolution, man. I think these athletes, they always are getting better. And while we're – there's no such thing as a record that's unbreakable, I think. I think every record is breakable. And I think now – I think. Seeing records get broken is contagious. I think mm-hmm. uh, not being content is contagious. And I think uh, this is the new norm. And I think Bowerman has cracked something with how they approach getting their athletes to be as like set up for the best opportunity mm-hmm. to run 99% of their true ability. By yeah. going to these, these you know, the time trials in this Boston-type meet. And I think yeah. Stafford is just kind of, you know, benefiting from this training group that has kind of set her up for, like you said, metal contention at World Indoors. And if she's a metal contention at World Indoors, then, you know, it's looking good for her outdoor season as well.
0: When I saw crannies, I was not surprised by either of these two times. Like, I used Stafford, even though, like, the close was crazy. I just wasn't surprised by it based on what she's done outdoors and based on what she's done, you know, already this season and same thing with Cranny. But then you look at it and she ran 1433. That's, that's like way faster than the the, the existing mark. I know it was, it was a, it wasn't as, her time wasn't as close to the outdoor mark as, as Fisher was. Okay. Whatever. But still, I guess it's just, me recalibrating what I think is possible. I mean, she beat Shalane Flanagan's mark by 14 seconds. Were you surprised, like, when when you saw Cranny 1433? Were you like, oh okay, because we just had not too long ago that outdoor time trial, right? Houlihan and and Schweizer where they're mid 14, 1420s.
1: In a weird way, I kind of wasn't surprised. It felt like a, a, oh yeah, okay, yeah, they ran fast. I mean, I'm also yeah. thinking about. Last time this team ran at BU was a crazy 3K when they all ran in like the 820s in a 3K. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yes. So yes. 20,
2: yeah, yeah. That 2020. Yeah,
1: 2020. Yeah, it was right before the pandemic. Yeah, uh, I remember that. And I, ta- I was yeah. just like, I was like, Barman's there. They're just, they're gonna they're gonna break PRs by like 15 to 20 seconds, especially at a 5K level. So in my mind, I, I thought it was like. I wasn't really surprised. And then when I looked into it, I was like, wait, actually, this is kind of pretty of a big deal. And But for some mm-hmm. reason, my brain was telling me that, like, this breakthrough for Craney was an expectation and not a holy crap moment. I mean, it is a holy yeah. crap moment. But for some reason, I just had this unrealistic uh, expectation on them that they're like, oh, yeah, 1430. That makes sense. Yeah. Which shows well, where they've come, it- right? It shows that they've turned 1430s into like, oh, yeah,
0: that's pretty good. You mentioned uh, men's all-time list, how all those guys, like four, was it four of the top ten were yeah. from that one race. Well, if you go to the women's side of things, Cranny and Debut Stafford, Debut Stafford, that's five, and then Cranny, that's six. Now it doesn't have the the one through. Well, I guess Frerix is down there at, at 13th, but. Yeah, they're a ways away from fourteen eighteen, which is the, the world record, but you know, it that marks in the twelve forties for for the men. Yeah, it's 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 incredible how we just have normalized these types of these types of performances, but they were uh they were preposterously fast. Let's go let's go back now. Or right, let's stay in Boston, excuse me. Uh Nagoose. Seven thirty eight for Yared. You mentioned hey, he should go for it. You mentioned all the signs pointed to him going for it. Why go out to Boston? The thing that stood out to me here is he had help through just past the mile. But, man, last six laps, I think, was basically all by himself. I know this guy's capable of running fast on his own. He did it at the ACC prelims when he broke the collegiate record in the 1500. But it also made me wonder, hey, I know everybody plays the, once you break the record, how much faster could you go? But you throw him in a pro field or a field with some of those guys that were in the 5,000 where he can just blend in and latch on. And I think there's more time there as well, too. This is another one where not surprised at all, just based on the caliber runner than the goose is. I don't think you were surprised either, right?
1: Yeah. I think the goose is now going to go down as the greatest solo runner of all time. because. <laughs> He's broken now two collegiate records by himself. Obviously, he had a little bit of pacing in the beginning, but yeah, like, had more help this one. Yeah, yeah. It's still to get through that final. I mean, you look at a lot of other, a lot of sometimes top collegiate like record breaking happens in pro races where they finish like fifth. I mean, you saw Adrian wild Wildshut, yeah, exactly, got, like sixth yeah. in his race and was a second away from breaking the collegiate record. He just got pulled along yeah. to a time. This was yeah. like all in on you and. Um, I mean, excuse me, all in on himself. And I think he could have gone much faster. I think if he's in, like, a Jakob Ingebrigtsen race, that's, like, 7.30 pace, I think Nagus runs, like, 7.35. Like, I think he has another, like, three seconds at least that he could put on there. I mean, clearly he has the mile speed. Um, Yeah. And uh, I keep on thinking, why is Yared in college? Like, what's he doing, man? (laughs) He's won the DMR a bunch of times. He's broken the Cleezer record. 1500 he's won outdoor the cross country season's done i mm-hmm. guess this is why he's still in college he's like all right, just collect one more one more yeah. scalp of a record and now like what else does this guy need to prove like just give this guy some money and let him go run for, for money it's also right? that's it, like
0: it, what is it? it 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 also puts interesting context around the idea of collegiate records because cole hawker could be in college for what another three more years or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but the the fact remains, 7:38 is is impressive. It's an it's an impressive time, and the, the the mark that he beat, and the people on that list are accomplished runners. And I I just think the manner in which he did it indicates that there's more there. Not that that it wasn't great on its own. It obviously was great on its own, but it was another one of those where when you watch it back, you expect to see a record attempt, especially today. I feel as if We're seeing more record attempts where the Pacers stick around for longer. I have all these memories growing up of watching Kenanisa Bekele go for world records, and this could just be nostalgia talking, where he did, he had like help through 2K or something, and then he ran the final 3K on his own, or he had help through 4K of a 10K, and then it was 6K. Like the whole Bowerman approach to it, where you have your other world-class teammates. Like remember Woody Kincaid getting paced? Didn't Mohamed go through like 4,600 or 4,200 yeah. or something of that 5K. It was just, it was insane. So when you see a, a record attempt, this reminded me almost, here's another one, the more recent, Jenny Simpson. Some of those Jenny Simpson collegiate records were, were solo efforts with not even a, a rabbit around. So it was just interesting to see it get attacked from that perspective.
1: Okay, so here's my question for you. The record yeah. that he just broke was yeah. a
2: holder record? 18-year-old record, right? Set in 2004. Yeah. Over, under, four years that this record gets broken again. Under, under. I was going to say the same thing. That's kind of wild to say that though, right? Yeah. That
1: something took 18 years for it to break, and then we always magically think, oh, yeah, there's someone who's going to break it within four years. Yeah. Because I agree
0: with you. I think – I think it's not, I don't think it's going to be a 732 or anything crazy like that, but no. I think you could see someone knock a second off of that. Just do you th- Someone is going to, someone is going to emerge. You've, you've laid out the stats numerous times about how fast the mile and 3k men's teams are here or times are here. Someone is going to emerge from that big pool of people. That's going to take it down or there's going to be mean, another. I, yeah, there's going to be a, I'm a nerd. nerd
1: literally ran 740 this weekend. He's just, Right. less than two seconds away from that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, what was the long track conversion on that though, Gordon? Wasn't that in Seattle? Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, but maybe this, nerd, maybe this young Wolf, all the young guys are really fast.
1: What if this record only lasts a week? Because, because uh, Nico Young, that
0: would be under I'm not four sure where he years would... then.
1: What's that? They'll be under four. Years. But like Nico so Young I'd win, I'd... Uh, didn't run the three K cause he was sick. And Nico Young does not have a 3K time qualifier. And right now, the 3K time qualifier is 747. Mm-hmm. So I guess he's clearly going to have to run a, a good 3K. Mm-hmm. Would Nico just be like, all right, I'm going to go around 338.0. Yeah. I not
0: 3
1: 738.0. 738.
0: yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't I – mean, oh, that, wow. that actually would That would surprise me. I, <laughs> I'm so used to saying that wouldn't surprise me. but That actually would surprise me. But I think within the ne- next year around this time, this magical weekend when everybody's going for it, I think is when yeah we'll see some serious threats towards it. And just with the pacing set up alone, I think you get a little bit more time off that. Um, all right. We got three more races to get to, Gordon, in our top seven races of the weekend. Um, Abby Steiner, collegiate record. Hey, some sprint I mean, action. 200. There we go. Yeah. 22.37. Breaks her own mark. Um, just keeps chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, taking off time. Obviously, big favorite now for the NCAA 200.
1: She's been my favorite for the past two years. Pandemic stopped my first prediction of her. Then her injury stopped my second prediction for her. But now year three of me saying she's the next great sprinter, it's on pace. I mean, she's running collegiate records in February. So Every time she I was like, I knew this. Mainly because I, I chose her as like you are the one who's gonna prove me right that I got one thing right in predicting <laughs> the next great athlete. And I put all on yeah. her. Pandemic stopped it, an injury stopped it. And now though, reality is gonna confirm it. Yeah. That's where I'm at right now. But yeah, no. I mean I I think it's she again, back to it's a quick time this early. Yeah. Obviously it's an indoor two hundred, so you can't really translate it too much to really anything because indoor mm-hmm. 200 meter marks are kind of chaotic but she's clearly yeah. the best she's clearly going to dominate the NCAA I think and I think the question for her now is like how does she get from today to June mm-hmm. in the same fitness, same health where she's able to go yeah. up against what's going to be a very difficult US women's 200 meter field, right?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Because, you know, Battles there. You have uh, obviously Prandini, and then the yeah. Olympic. What you get? Silver or bronze?
2: Bronze,
1: bronze, bronze. Olympic bronze medalist Gabby Thomas. So yeah, um,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, I think a good sign for her though is her sixty time as well. Yeah, I mean she's at, she's at seven twelve right now. Only one person's run faster than that. Um, Julian Alfred of Texas who ran seven ten. And I think 60 obviously indicates that her start's in good shape. But yeah, how do you take the the indoor success and translate it to outdoors? I think though, man, what's her gap on the rest of the field? It's almost four tenths of a second, Gordon. She's got a big margin for error. And I think heading into outdoors, it's going to be tough to to make up that gap if she's able to Just stay healthy throughout the rest of the season. I mean, she's also running on the 4 by 4 too, correct?
2: Yeah. She can throw down a 50 split.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, she's on the national leading 4 by 4 team for for Kentucky. All that, I think, points in a really good direction for outdoors, just having that amount of versatility. So, yeah, one of the collegiate records this year. The other sprint stuff – um from the college i think it's randolph ross 44 83 trey cunningham 742 did you see that gordon
2: yeah i was like wait a minute trey dude I took like- notes
0: from grant holloway he's like all right do that uh-huh all right hurdle fast okay and then run fast to the finish all right got it grant let's do it you're gone now i'm gonna take over
1: i mean 735 is the record For the college record that Holloway did in twenty eighteen.
0: If he takes Holloway's collegiate record, that would be a turn of events.
1: Seven forty one is Daniel Roberts second, and now he's there at seven forty two.
2: Yeah.
0: I
1: mean, Holloway in college only ran seven forty two or faster twice. He ran seven forty two in twenty eighteen and then seven thirty five in twenty nineteen. Yeah. So that would be That'll be kind of fun, though. I hope he does. What if he breaks it and then now he has, like, that over him when he goes into outdoor season at USA's? Well, yeah. yeah. Grant should start looking over his shoulder, or keep an eye on what's happening out in Tallahassee while he's there in uh, Gainesville training because Trey, mm-hmm. Trey Cunningham, he's not just going to
2: be a, a, you know, good-for-college type runner. Like, he's now running yeah. world-class times. All right.
0: Uh, Donovan Brazier in Spokane, ran a fast 600, almost broke his 600-meter world record, one thirteen ninety seven He was in a race with Isaiah Harris, who ran well there. So we've had a Brazier 400. We've had a Brazier 600 now. But the fact that we have all these benchmarks, Donovan Brazier leaves a lot of breadcrumbs. I'll say that about him because he has this history of running fast indoors so you are able to measure where he's at at every point in the season and the fact that he was close to this mark obviously shows he's in real good shape and if he's in the same shape he was in when he ran that 600 meter world record i think he's back to where he was and that means he's the favorite for 800 meter gold
2: Yeah, Davin,
0: I'm still kind of like, he's still an unknown to me. I mean. Oh, he's, he's known what? now. I think we're good. I think I know everything I need to know. Two-tenths off of it. That year, that was, that was 2019 season. I mean, look, it out, look at what else he did in 2019 indoors. That was nuts. I
2: think no, this, is he,
0: this is close enough to an, an 800 to me where I, I have enough information. He's the best guy in the
1: world. Look, I have enough information that he's not going to go out there and run 146 or 145. I have enough information that he's like, he's fit and he can, he can, you know, compete well. But my mm-hmm. question is, is he in, I'm going to run 142 this year. I'm going to run 141 potentially this year. I'm going to be um, within 365 days. Plus a few more days of a 140. Like, because he's already set up his career where now the next step for him, it's not about winning. It's about, you know, chasing like a Rudisha type performance that Rudisha only really had once or twice. I think he has it. I think he has the ability to do a David Rudisha type performance. And so my question is like, are we getting that in the end of 2022? Or do we have to wait another year to the end of 2023? I think we're going to get it before 2024. But the question is like, is this going to be a mulligan year to that Rudisha? Which is crazy that I'm now, his standard is Rudisha and not the standard being like being best in the world. I'm like, no, I want you to be the best all time, which is kind of wild. Not that he's ever going to pass Rudisha because Rudisha did it for such a long time. And I don't see a situation where Donovan passes Rudisha at an all time type mark. But I do think Donovan, the way he's built, the, his talent, is capable of giving us one race that we're all going to be like, holy shit. And I think that one race will be a win at a global level where he's running 141 or 140. I think we're going to get that. It's just a matter of are we going to hear. So, I do think, though, the 600 I mean, does definitely show that like Bryce Hoppel's not beating him.
0: Like Isaiah al- Harris isn't beating him. So I mean, we almost got exactly what you're describing in Doha. I mean, 142-3. Yeah. And blew everybody out. So you're, just, you're basically saying he's going to run at some point in his career four-tenths of a second faster in a major championship. I think everybody would – most no, people would you, agree you, with you. No, come
1: I, you're calling it four-tenths in the championship. You're, you're diminishing, like, if you see on the clock 140-something. Basically, I'm saying, can he break the world oh. record?
0: I'd 141. Break- you said 141 or 140. 140 like would be yes. low. I meant
1: 141 yeah. low. Not 141.99. <laughs> Come on. Not 141 low.
0: <laughs> I should have read your mind there. I'm saying he's already gotten close to that is what I'm saying. Yes, now you yes. can say, all right, that's his. that was his ceiling, and now he's trying to get back to that. But, yeah, 19. Yeah, but it's hard
1: to get back to something after dealing with an injury. So, like,
0: we don't know. Yeah. I hope he gets it. That's all I'm saying. I just think. Only a couple tenths off of what he ran in nineteen. That year, one forty four four. A couple weeks before, so I think we can expect him in a, around that shape. That wasn't his American record; that came in twenty twenty one. We ran one forty four two. Here, here's what I'm saying. I'm just saying the gap between him at his best and everybody else is big enough to where he doesn't even need to be twenty nineteen Brager right now in the eight hundred. He could be slightly less than that, and he'd still be yeah. fine. I know he he wants to be more than that, and everybody wants to see more than that except for his competition, but he doesn't need to. He could be running 114s in these races, in the, in the 600, and he would have been fine, but I think the fact that he's that close. I want to see one more indoors. I don't know if we're going to. I want to see an 800 indoors. That's what I'd like to see, but I don't know if we will. Last race,
2: uh, high schoolers.
0: 800 BU Roisin Willis too flat and Sophia Gararian also went under Sammy Watson's old high school record in the in the 800 we thought they had a chance a couple weeks ago we at the armory we said hey they're in this pro field maybe they can get it done it actually worked out especially for Willis she was at the front here i mean she got challenged over the latter stages of the race but she was at the front of the pack and I think that helped. Garrian came from a little bit farther back, uh closed a lot, not enough to get Willis but to go under under 201. So you now have two high high schoolers indoors under 201 in the 800. The stadium records like the specific like at BU like the high sc- I hope they keep like high school stadium records and college stadium records and pro stadium records because it's just very hard to get on these lists now with what BU is doing. So two flat
2: again, indoors, no joke, and obviously they're very young.
1: And a thing Mo is in the eight hundred, Raven Rogers is in the eight hundred, AJ Wilson's not going anywhere right now. Mm-hmm. It seems like there's a kind of a log jam mm-hmm. right now for the eight hundred. Yeah. So how do these two women break through that log jam? Like, are they just got the weight? patiently because it seems going to be really hard to crack through to that top three. Now, luckily a thing Mo is going to be so good that it's always going to be four get to go. Cause she'll always have a buy. Cause she'll either win a diamond league or she'll be a defending world champ. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of wondering if you're a, an elite female distance runner, it's like, stay away from the eight. <laughs> Don't go over there. It's Go go become a four hundred meter runner or a fifteen hundred
0: meter runner. Yeah, maybe it'll change though. By the time they get there, these things tend to That's true. move in Moving, cycles. All right. Um, let me check it on the chat here. Uh, Tampa Eagle says Willis beat a thing's high school best time. Yes. Uh, he's also predicting Brazier under one forty three. Uh, someone says Jonathan Jones, UT four hundred meter runner, ran one forty six in the eight hundred. Number two in the nation. Gordon has not stopped talking about that. By the way. <laughs>
1: Internally, we didn't talk about on the pod, but I'll definitely. I meant on the flight
0: on once, like the on first pod. thing when I saw Gordon at the <laughs> airport. He's like, "Hey, did you see Jonathan Jones?" I said, "Yeah, I saw." it And then when we landed, so how about Jonathan Jones? Right, that's pretty wild. Um, let's see what else here. Oh, Ava Sabota, <laughs> yeah. If you see the, she ran seven flat, um, in the sixty. Women sixty was was quick over the weekend. With Swoboda and then Mary Beth St. Price, but Swoboda, if you can see the the video of her start, it's pretty wild. Like her foot comes off the block and then back on. It's I've never seen anything like it. Uh, that was cool. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, what should we call it? Lamont Jacobs six forty nine. So now we got another guy in sub six fifty. So the Coleman Jacobs thing is going to be really good. And cl- yeah. yeah. It's it's, it's 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 zeroing in. It's it's getting exciting. Um, I'm pumped to see it. Femke Bol ran a fast quarter. Uh, 60 hurdles. Danielle Williams ran fast. Um, we'll get to the rest of that stuff, but I think that was that was most of it. I mean, I think distance kind of had their weekend. This weekend, I'd say. I
2: still Someone think it's incredible.
0: Raleigh. How do you pronounce Raleigh? Someone's saying we Matthew Raleigh? says
1: Raleigh. Raleigh. I thought That's. Me um, and I mispronounce everything, so <laughs> I know that. I, I...
0: <laughs> but I didn't catch that, so that makes me concerned that maybe being rally, around rally. you
1: is it rally or a rally?
0: Oh, is that the difference? See, that's close. Maybe you said
1: Gordon and Gordon.
0: No, because no one's <laughs> who's. How many people have called you that? Gordon? How many people? I said Gordon to you. Gordon,
1: I got some people calling me Gordon.
0: Well, I guess when you go to France or something, maybe.
1: Ironically, they just say They call me the Don,
2: Gordon.
0: Wait, no one's actually called you. gordon RJ. R.J. calls me Don,
1: the Don. Oh, okay. Anyway. Well,
0: that's a show of respect, I think. But yeah, Raleigh, it's show of respect. Raleigh, Raleigh, or rally? or rally? I think you said Rally. Now that I'm thinking about it, and I think it's Raleigh. Um. No one's no one's helping us out. I'm they
1: only going to be out. here for four days, so I don't need to learn it. I want I'll to know though. Once I, I'm
0: gone, I, I'll say this morning uh, I grabbed breakfast at a place, and uh, there's two people sitting like at a bar, and they were very proud to be from North Carolina. I'll just say that they were just talking about the, how awesome it was in North Carolina. I said, "Are these guys a, like are they a plant? Like do they know I've only been here for 12 hours?" And they're just talking about how great this place is. So I should have asked them what it is, but I think I think it's Raleigh. I'll have to ask Pat. Price resident, Raleigh, resident, expert, slash meat director. He'll set me straight. We're going to Chapel Hill today, though. Are we pronouncing that correctly?
1: Chapel Hill.
0: Chapel Hill. That's pretty easy, right?
1: Should we tell everyone where we're going? So should we tell everyone or? No? Yeah. Lay it, out, lay it out for everybody
0: since you don't know because you keep asking me. So why don't you say it so that way I can check to see if you understand where we're going.
1: Okay, we're going to Chapel Hill, North Carolina, U- U- University of North Carolina. We're going to Durham, Duke. Mm-hmm. Is it Durham, Durham, Durham or Durham? <laughs>
0: Durham. I don't know. I know that Durham. one. Durham. Durham.
1: Obviously, Raleigh or Raleigh, North Carolina, NC State. Then we're going to Greensboro. North Carolina A&T, baby. Randolph Ross just ran an incredible four hundred. Yep. So see those sprinters out there. So those they are, are our deep four stops.
2: Too. Hurdles. And we
1: could have gone to more places, man. Like Wake Forest is running well. Could have gone there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could have gone all the way out to uh, what's the other place? Campbell Athanas Kyoko. He's running well. That's so that's not too far either. North, yeah, North Carolina is a hub, man. It's a hub of some good track and field, but we only have a few days, so.
0: Yeah, uh, okay. He says pronounce the all like the all in. See Aldi, A L D I. See, I don't even know what that is. That a is that a supermarket? Aldi, that's a here?
1: that's a not a restaurant, it's a grocery store.
0: Okay, so you grocery, know what that grocery grocery
1: is. Store.
2: Aldi. I hated it because, because
1: whenever my mom would go there, she would get Aldi brand cereal, and I was like, "No, I my childlike brain was like, I want Lucky Charms, not like Aldi yeah. Charms." And I was like, "This, I would refuse to eat it because my brain was telling me it was like cardboard."
2: So it's the it all just, you know, like
0: that. So I, I need you to cheaper. put away your the trauma from your youth here, and and that's the all in Raleigh, Ra- Aldi. Raleigh. Raleigh. Okay. Are we doing it right, now? This Matthew? pod's going off the rails. This pod's Run been great. Rails. I love it. Uh, Durham Silent H. There you go. Thank you all in the game. <laughs> this, is this is good. This is good. This is exactly what we wanted to get out of this. Uh, all right. So we'll be back Wednesday. Same time. 10 a.m. Eastern. 9 a.m. Central. 8 a.m. Mountain. 7 a.m. Pacific. Uh, thanks to Hoco for sponsoring. Check out all the content. I'm putting up This Week in Track later on. A lot of Fisher stuff on there. Some other highlights. Um, Gordon will have the ranking show coming on. Do a race breakdown this week. Thanks to Colt. Thanks to Travis. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. Sure do appreciate it. Talk to you guys next time.